the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The fire of your coming, the glory of your presence, will shake the earth and every heart will know. You are Messiah, Yeshua HaMashiach, Lion of Judah, the God of Israel. Shalom and welcome to Heart of Messiah Radio Broadcast. My name is Steve Weiler and I'm the lead rabbi of Shoresh David Messianic Synagogues. Currently we're serving in Wesley Chapel, St. Pete, South Bay near Riverview and Tampa. We welcome all visitors as we desire to see those who are Jewish and not Jewish worshiping together in unity. We're honored to serve the listening audience of AM 570 WTBN and 910 WTWD, Tampa Bay's Faith Talk. Shalom. We've been talking about the Ruach HaKodesh, the Holy Spirit, for so long. I don't know if you'll be happy or sad we're changing topics. Let me start by saying Happy Father's Day, and before we continue that theme, let's pray. Avinu Malkeinu, our Father, our King, we love you and praise you and thank you. We thank you that you are our Father, and that you show us the direction of what a father should be, what a father is like. And so we thank you and praise you, and we ask, O Lord, that we would be good children today and every day as we seek to represent you. I pray, O Lord, that there would be an anointing on this particular program, or all our programs, but this one, Lord, as our country needs fathers. And so I ask, O Lord, that this would just touch the hearts of the men, especially who hear it, and the women who can encourage the men to be the fathers that you have called them to be. So we bless you, thank you, and praise you. In the name of Yeshua, amen. Yes, Father's Day, it's important to everybody. Fathers, mothers, children, we need more fathers in our congregations. We need more fathers in our country. We just need more fathers. Men are under attack, right? You think? (laughs) Now, women are under attack too, but there's a different attack going on. And this is a generalization, so don't write me awful emails. Uh, This is a generalization. Women are seeking to change their God-given roles. Men are allowing their God-given roles to change. Hmm. Think about that a little. These are the different attacks that I see. Well, today we're going to talk about men because it is Father's Day. The absence of fathers is, my my opinion, if not one of the greatest, it could be even the greatest problem in our culture, especially in the United States. 
The statistics are so clear. When there is no father in the house, there's four times greater risk of poverty, seven times more likely for a teen to become pregnant, more likely to have behavioral problems, abuse, and neglect, two greater, uh, two times greater risk of infant mortality, more likely for abuse in drugs and alcohol by the children, more likely to commit a crime and go to prison, twice more likely to suffer obesity, and twice more likely to drop out of high school. Look, most social problems cannot be properly understood without considering the absence of fathers in homes. Many of the social problems we face are a direct result of the fatherless home. Listen to this one. Approximately one in three children live without their biological father in the house. 24 million children. Wow. Nationwide, the number of families with two parents in the home has dropped significantly over the past decade. Even as the country adds 160,000 families with children, the number of two-parent households decreased by 1.2 million. So examples of that, in Baltimore, 38% of families have two parents in the home, which means that 62% do not have two parents in the home. In St. Louis, the portion is 40% of two parents in the home. The problem is even worse in the black communities. Nearly 5 million black children, or 54%, live in a one-parent matriarchal family. This is totally out of God's order. And we are paying the price in this country for allowing our culture and our feelings to dictate the role of the man and the role of the father. Linda Chavez, who is the former head of the U.S. Civil Rights Commission, argues that the chief cause of poverty poverty today among blacks is no longer racism. It is the breakdown of the traditional family. And Juan Williams, who many of you have probably seen on TV, is a journalist as well, talking about this breakdown of the traditional family, says, they say this answer puts pressure on the poor. They say this with a straight face, even though nearly 70% of black children are born to single women, damning a high number of them to poverty, bad schools, and bad influences. They say this knowing that in 1964, in a far more hostile and racist America, 82% of black households had both parents in place, and close to half of those households owned a business. Pretty amazing, right? So that's the problem. What do we do? What can man do to reclaim their vision and position in our society? Well, we just look at who the best father is. Obviously, God, our father, is the best father. 
We can't look at all his characteristics, or there are way too many. But let's try and look at a few and see what we can develop. Let's look at a few of these characteristics, which will also be the same for all men, not just fathers, even if you're not a father. And by the way, this is important for women, at the very least, that they can encourage men to be who God designed them to be. So two things we're going to try and look at. Look at the best role model and see how we can apply those characteristics. When we think of God, when I think of God, my father, I think of the characteristics I appreciate most. These are the things that I want to be as a father and now a grandfather. We are role models. Let's learn from the best. So the first thing we've got to talk about is unconditional love, right? And that includes being a forgiver. Number two, the second thing is that God is faithful and dependable, right? With amazing integrity. Uh, Number three, he is a provider and a protector, whether it's finances, emotional stability, a provider that keeps you safe in all aspects of your life for He's an emotional gift giver. He gives us strength and wisdom and hope. He's involved in our life. And finally, five, he is a teacher. So I'm going to start with the characteristic that is most important to me. It is what I believe is most important and what God gives freely, unconditional love. First John 4, 7 says, loved ones, let us love one another, for love is from God. Everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. The one who does not love does not know God, for God is love. Here we see that God is love. But we don't see the unconditional part, so let's look at Romans 5, 6, for which For a while, we were still helpless at the right time. Messiah died for the ungodly. For rarely will anyone die for a righteous man, though perhaps for a a good man, someone might even dare to die. But God demonstrates his own love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Messiah died for us. So what that means is we understand that his love comes when we least expect or deserve it, and that's why it's called unconditional. There are no conditions we have to keep in order to have his love. I don't have to be a certain way. There's nothing I can do to attain that love, but rather he gives it to me whether I deserve it or not. As men, if we're going to give love to our wives, children, and everyone we come in contact with, they will have to acknowledge that they have been given this gift by you. It's not enough for you to think you've given the love. The recipient of the gift must recognize it. Does your wife recognize your unconditional love? Do, do your children recognize your unconditional love? Do the people at work recognize your unconditional love? If the answer is not completely, absolutely yes, then maybe your love is conditional on how people behave. Unconditional love is supernatural. 
through the power of the Holy Spirit working in your life, it is a gift that you need to exercise. You must desire to use it. You must evaluate it to see if it's working correctly. There are very few things that I can think of that hurt me more than not receiving love and respect from someone. The closer we are, the greater the hurt. Love is an action. It's purposeful. It's intentional. It includes things like forgiveness. It is not based on circumstance, but rather on your identity as a child of God who loves unconditionally. Unconditional love is the gift that never grows cold. It never gets old. It's always welcomed. If you can love the people in your life unconditionally, all the other characteristics of fatherhood will fall into place. Unconditional love is the foundation of what our father gives us and what we should have as a father. Second characteristic I said was to uh, for us to be faithful, dependable, never tiring of having integrity. Second Timothy 2.13 says it all. If we are faithless, he remains faithful, for he cannot deny himself. So even when we are not worthy, he still is faithful. Galatians 6.9 says to us, so let us not lose heart in doing good, for in due time we will reap if we don't give up. So often we get tired of being faithful, dependable, and having integrity because we don't see people around us that, but God doing that. But God is saying to us, do not lose heart. Those who are faithful don't get tired, okay? They, they, even when people around them don't live up to our expectations. Noah, in spite of the wickedness all around him and the faithless people, even in his family, and as thankless as his role was, he was a faithful man, faithful to his family, faithful to God. The third characteristic, uh, like our Father in heaven, we as fathers need to be protectors and providers. A key in our lives is safety. We want to feel physically safe, emotionally safe, and financially safe. Fathers can bring those safeties to not only family members, but everyone they come in contact with. Look, physical and financial safety is kind of obvious as to what it means. However, emotional safety means that our words and actions make others feel like in every situation they will never feel under attack. Your words and actions will encourage and strengthen the person you're with. Even in disagreements or corrections, they will see your consideration for their safety. You can Only do this effectively if you follow Philippians 2, verse 3 pattern, which says, Do nothing out of selfishness or conceit, but with humility consider others as more important than yourself. When you provide and protect others, there will be a cost for you. So consider the rest of Philippians 2 there, where Yeshua paid the price for us says, have this attitude in yourselves, which was also in Messiah Yeshua, who through, though existing in the form of God, did not consider being equal to God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself, taking on the form of a slave, becoming the likeness of men, and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself 
becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Look, the fourth characteristic is also important. Be an emotional gift giver. So what I mean by that is that you will be giving um, a strong emotional constitution by providing you yours that you have a strong emotional constitution. It requires you to, as a father, that you cannot shut down. Now, men, listen to me. You are not, you cannot afford, you are not allowed to shut down. This is a common tactic by men to try and escape. We cannot do that. We have to be emotionally engaged. We cannot be tired, even if we're tired after work. We can feel beaten down by others' circumstances, but we must bring our A game at all times to those we are fathering. What can we give? give? I'll give you three things we can give emotionally. Number one, hope, a great gift that allows our children to believe that they can do anything. Strength, a great gift that allows us to weather the storms of life as we go after our hopes and dreams. And finally, wisdom, the sense that God gives us to know which direction to go as we seek our hopes and our dreams. So finally, our fifth characteristic that we learn from our Father in Heaven is to be a teacher. We must figure out how to pass on successful living from one generation to another. In Hebrew, we say it's Lador Vidor, from one generation to another. Everything we do is teaching. What we say, how we behave, everything we do is teaching. And so you are always on, men, always. And we can't afford, as I said, to allow ourselves to give in to being tired, to being emotionally non-available, all these things We have to, as we uh, said in our last men's retreat in our congregation, we have to man up. We have to man up. We have to be the man that God wants us to be, the man our wife needs us to be, the man our children require us to be for their growth. And look, you can be a father not only to your actual biological family, but you can be a father in your congregation. How many kids and even adults need fathers in their life? That kind of nurturing, there's so many who didn't have that. They will They will just, I, I can't tell you how important it is. So I found this quote, uh, or a few quotes actually, from a fellow I did not expect it from. This goes back to June 1942. General Douglas MacArthur was named, believe it or not, National Father of the Year. The honor came just three months before he moved his family to the Philippines to lead the U.S. Pacific campaign of World War II. Is that amazing? Now, listen to a couple of his quotes. By profession, I'm a soldier, and I take pride in that. 
but I'm prouder, infinitely prouder to be a father. Or how about this one? A soldier destroys in order to build. The father only builds, never destroys. The one has the potential of death. The other embodies creation and life. Ooh, so good, isn't it? One more for you. And while the hordes of death are mighty, the battalions of life are mightier still. It is my hope that my son, when I am gone, will remember me not from the battle, but in the home, repeating with him our simple daily prayer, Our Father who art in heaven. Well, if that wouldn't be great enough, I'm going to read to you a poem that MacArthur wrote. And, And you can see that this poem is a prayer, and it's his dependence on his heavenly Father. So this is called A Father's Prayer. Build me a son, O Lord, who will be strong enough to know when he is weak, brave enough to face himself when he is afraid, one who will be proud and unbending in honest defeat and humble and gentle in victory. Build me a son whose wishes will not take the place of deeds, a son who will know thee, and that to know himself is the foundation stone of knowledge. Lead him, I pray, not only in the path of ease and comfort, but under the stress and spur of difficulties and challenge. Here let him learn to stand up in the storm. Here let him learn compassion for those who fail. Build me a son whose heart will be clear, whose goal will be high, a son who will master himself before he seeks to master other men, one who will reach into the future, yet never forget the past. And after all these things are his, add, I pray, enough of sense, of humor, so that he may always be serious, yet never take himself too seriously. Give him humility, so that he may always remember the simplicity of true greatness, the open mind of true wisdom, and the meekness of true strength. Then I, his father, will dare to whisper, I have not lived in vain. Ooh, do you love that? You know, if you'd like a copy of that, we'll email it to you. But my question after hearing that is, what is your father's prayer for your children? Wouldn't that be a great thing to write down as they give you gifts this Sunday, as they give you cards saying, oh, you know, you're such a great father and all this kind of other stuff. Wouldn't it be cool if you handed them a prayer as a father that you are praying for them? Consider it. If you want a copy, as I said, of this prayer by General MacArthur, just call Karen. She'll email it to you. Her number is 813-831-5673. 
Look, if you feel this program has been valuable to you, please support it financially. We depend on God touching your heart to stay on the radio waves. Again, call Karen at 813-831-5673. If you prefer, choose the donate button on our website, heartofmessiah.org. If you want to reach me with comments or questions, email me at rabbi at heartofmessiah.org. May the Lord be your first priority, and may you grow in your desire to have a heart like the heart of Messiah. Join me as we close in prayer. Abba, Father, teach us your ways so that our hearts would be hearts of flesh and not of stone. May our words and actions always reflect the heart of Messiah so that everyone who meets us will know that Yeshua is our Messiah and King. You are Messiah, Yeshua HaMashiach, Lion of Judah, the God of Israel. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.